Happy Sabbath, saints of God. Thank you, Sister Kiona. Is it Kiona? Kiona, thank you so much. Beautiful singing. That's uh, one of our new members. Thank to Mrs. Frederick and Brother Frederick up here. And your son, what's his name? Samuel Jr. Is it Jr.? No? Your dad is Samuel. No, <laughs> I understand. I understand. Welcome, saints. We are, I'm happy to see each one of you. Sister Skinner, I see you. <laughs> Sister Skinner, I, 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 I said to, to, to Elder Solomon, Sister Skinner is here. She's diehard. <laughs> She's diehard. Thank you. God bless you, Sister Skinner. You are, I know your heart is always here when you're not here. Each one of you, I know that your hearts are here each Sabbath when you're watching from home or wherever you're doing it. And so God has been good to us. God has been good to us. And I just want to thank him for giving me the privilege to stand here this morning. As Elder Small uh, alluded to earlier, we are living in perilous times. You didn't answer as if you agreed with me. If you don't think it's perilous times, this week was a reminder that it doesn't take much. You know, we, we Seventh-day Adventists, this is not the sermon, we're going to do the 10-day the prayer, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to digress just a bit here. We've been pre preaching that this country will persecute, this country will persecute those who stand on the word of God. If this week didn't give you a good view of how this can play out, we are fast asleep. If this week, if Wednesday, the activity that occurred on Wednesday, did not open to us clearly how this can play out in swift succession, we are fast asleep. It does not take a whole lot of time for the prophecies to be fulfilled and for those who are going to stand on the word of God to be in trouble. I've been, I've been looking at other places in the world where Christians are persecuted vehemently. And we're here comfortable, comfortable. And we know that one day, those who stand on the word of God will face persecution in this country that we love so much, that still is a beacon of freedom and democracy, still is. But we know that one day, those who stand on the word of God will face persecution. So let's not, as Jesus said in, in John 14, let not your heart be troubled. When we see these things, what should we be doing? We should be looking up. Because our redemption draws nigh. So let's not be troubled by what we're seeing around us. Prophecies has to be fulfilled. It says that in the last days, 
perilous times may come, will come, shall come. We're looking at it across the world, right here in our own United States. Some of us, we were shocked. I know many were in tears to see the situation Wednesday. Let's not bury our heads in the sand, friends and saints. That's reality when people don't know God. When people put their trust in man. That's what we get when we see people put their trust in man. And believe a man can save them. When the Savior has already died to save us. Let's turn our eyes to the one who is the only Savior. The only Savior. Our, our heart should not be on this planet. No matter how good we have it. Let's take our minds and place it in the right place. In our heavenly home. Where righteousness will dwell. There will be no rebellion, no insurrection. Because sin will be no more. Today, as you know, as you can see, we are in day number four of our ten days of prayers. For those who have missed out on it, you have miss, you're missing a blessing. You're missing a blessing. And I encourage you to join up. With the, 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 the text messages are going out every day, two times a day. You have no excuse to link up and be prayed up and be connected with the Savior. This morning, as, as I mentioned, 10 days of prayer, putting revival into practice. Putting revival into practice. Some of you had homework. I don't know if you did it or not. Let me see your hand if you did your homework. Only one. Only one took the, the challenge of reading the material before Sabbath. Okay, that's the homework. Two, three. Okay, three. You know, when you do that, you know, when you read material in advance of the subject, you retain more of it. You retain more of it. It resonates more. And so, I'm going to read today. That's not my style, <laughs> but, but I'm going to read today. But before we read, let's, let's, let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercies. Lord, you are Lord of all, King of kings, presidents of presidents. Thank you, Lord, for being God. Thank you for the Holy Sabbath day we can come to worship before you. King of kings and Lord of lords, worthy to be praised. Lord, we seek you today. We seek a revival in our hearts today. Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit will be poured upon us today so we can feel it. Thank you, Lord, for your grace. Thank you for the promises in your word. Thank you that as your saints worship you today, we will feel your presence near us. Is our prayer in Jesus' name. Let God's people say amen. 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 Our passage today is taken from James chapter 4. James chapter 4. I, I would like you to turn to it. We're, we're going to read it first and then I'll come back to it later. James chapter 4, verses 2 and 3. James chapter 4, 
putting revival into practice, the theme for the 10 days, seeking revival, seeking revival. Today's, today's lesson, our topic is on putting revival into practice. James chapter 4, verses 2 and 3. And uh, let me find my, my book. James, I can't find James today. James chapter 4, verses 2 and 3. You lust. And you lust. That's what James says here. But let's back up a little bit so we have some context. Verse 1. Verse 1 says, Where do wars and fight, fights come from among you? This is, this is, James is not talking about unsaved people. James is talking to Christians. Where do wars and fight comes, come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? Verse 2. You lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. Let it sink in for a moment. You do not have because you do not ask. Then James goes on to say, you ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. Wow. Those are some striking words there from James, the, the, the Apostle James, the brother of Jesus. The lesson, or the, the reading, if you read it, someone, a preacher, came to the church preaching revival. Preaching revival. With a final appeal, the preacher invites listeners to accept Jesus Christ and follow him always. Maybe no one respond. Maybe many, maybe a few. Since God created the human heart, he puts in our hearts, he puts in our hearts the ability to choose. We have the freedom to choose. So the credit does not come from the preacher. The, per, the credit comes from, from God. Whether because of public preaching, personal Bible study, friendship evangelism, or divinely appointed surprises, then our weaknesses is clearly successful. We say, yeah, amen, praise the Lord. Saints, are, people are being baptized. This kind of effectiveness is the gift of what? The gift of the Holy Spirit. We, we stand back amazed, amazed, and watch God perform miracles. Is he able to do miracles? He is. We are miracles. All of us, we're miracles. Left to our own devices, we'll be self-destruct. But God has seen it fit to save us. Amen. Amen. Too often, too often, our Christian lives are less than effective. Less than effective. This doesn't mean our church programs are not effective. The Lord has surely blessed, as far as possible, our sincere human efforts. But... How much greater could be our experience 
be if we receive the full outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Just imagine if the full outpouring of the Holy Spirit was poured upon God's people. What we, the feeble results that we see today, just imagine the abundance of the spirits working in the lives of people. But today we are lacking the power that is available to us. Praying for revival is essential, but we can't stop there. I invite you to take the necessary step to actually experience personal revival. With God's blessing, our life can become more powerful and fulfilling than ever before. And our homes and our church can also experience new life. New life. So we have the, you would say, this is the intro to what we're going to dive into. What is the missing piece? Why, why is it so hard for us to experience a sustained revival? Sustained revival. Meaning is not just a momentary revival, but a sustained. What is the problem? What is the problem? Many things get in the way. Many things get in the way. Our jobs, our home life, our school. Things get in the way. What's the missing piece? We want to make it practical. First, some question. What is the center of our problems? Is it spiritual? Could our lack of the Holy Spirit lie at the foot, the root of our lukewarm Christian experience? If the answer is yes, then why do we lack the Holy Spirit in our lives? Why do we lack the Holy Spirit? Why do we lack the Holy Spirit? I want us to think about that question for a moment. Why do we lack the Holy Spirit if we do? Some of us maybe we don't lack the Holy Spirit, but some of us we may lack the Holy Spirit. What is the problem, Elder Stewart? We don't ask. We don't ask for the Holy Spirit. Uh, you know, just a just a side note here. I have this book here. I don't know if some of you have this book. It's called True Revival: The Church's Greatest Need. If you don't have this book and you don't have any money. Let, let, me, let me just break it down to you like this. God has blessed this church with, with, with the writings of Ellen G. White that some of us have gone away from. But today, because of the blessings of the Ellen G. White estate, you don't even have to buy the book anymore. You can actually put it right on your phone. Right there on your phone. You can get this book and you can read it. I, I strongly urge you, if you desire to be to be fired up for God. This is, a, this is a book that can help you along the way. This book right here. Just go to egwhite.org.com. E. They have it all figured out. They have all the different extensions. So anyone you go to, it will go back to the same one. And you can go to True Revival, and you will see this book there. You can read it online. You can download it. You can purchase it if you wish. If some people just like to have the hard copy, you know, that's all good, but if you can't get to it, don't, no excuses. I think I would recommend that all of us read this book because it's very, very timely. Revival, revival, I'm going to read just one paragraph here. 
a revival of true godliness. A, a, a revival of true godliness among us is the greatest and most urgent of our needs. Two, seek this should be our first work. What should be our first work? To seek revival. How do we get revival? How do we get revival? We need the Holy Spirit of God. It's not something that you can just conjure up revival. Like, okay, you just get excited and you're revived. Now, that's a different type of revival. You know, in the Bible, in Kings, when, when Elijah encountered a dead boy, they called for him. And he came. And Elijah resurrected the boy. Revived him. The Bible says he revived him. Jesus himself revived many. You know, and for those of us, we can look at Jehirah's daughter. He revived her. Lazarus, he revived him. Jesus revived them, what? Physically. But we need a spiritual revival. Not a physical, because we're alive physically, but sometimes we are dead spiritually. And maybe not completely dead. As the lesson, as the, the reading calls out, we're not completely dead. We're going to dive a little bit more into it. Let me, let me, let's go on with it. The Bible, the Bible answers. What is the center? The Bible answers. Yet you do not have because you do not ask for the one who gives us life, the Holy Spirit. You, you ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. James, we read it before. As we learn in the reading of day one, if you, didn't, if you miss it, you can go back to 10daysofprayer.org and read it. God invites us to continually, how often? Continually ask for the Holy Spirit in our lives. Is it just when we have revival? It should be a continuous Requests every day. Every day we should be saying, Lord, pour your spirit on me today. Pour your spirit on me to fill me with your spirit today. Because when we are filled with the spirit of God, self is gone. Amen? When we are filled with the spirit of God, self takes a back seat. As Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10 and Luke 16, die daily, dying daily. When we allow the Holy Spirit to take a full control of us, our selfish, pleasure-seeking ways will be put to rest and we'll be seeking things that are above. James also suggests, let, let, me, let me not skip that. Why do we not hunger and thirst for the gift of the Holy Spirit? Since this is the means by which we are to, be, to receive power. I was going to ask to say a show, a show of hand of those who are hungering and thirsting for the Holy Spirit. I want us to search our hearts today. I don't want you to show in your hands. Show in your heart, are you really hungering and thirsting for the power of the Holy Spirit? Search our hearts, each one of us. We should be Hungering, just like you want food when you're hungry. We should be hungering and thirsting 
for the Holy Spirit of God to fill us up. Why do we not talk of it? Pray for it. Preach concerning it. You know, sometimes when we preach, this is actually a quote from Testimonies for the Church, volume 8, page 22. Why do we have so little appetite for spiritual things? Think about it. When the Sabbath comes to a close, when the Sabbath comes to a close, are you anxious to go back to the worldly things? Don't answer. You know, we, we, we evaluate our spiritual taste. Taste bud. Okay, when Sabbath over, and you don't, you, you're not compelled anymore to be holy. <laughs> Are you going to the unholy now? Not to say it's a sin, but our desire should be so much into the spiritual that we want to feed our spiritual nature. Hungering, thirsting for the Holy Spirit to fill us up. James also suggests that we do not receive when we ask because we ask amiss. Perhaps he means that God cannot bless when our minds are set and things on the flesh. Paul's explained, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace, Romans 8, 5 and 6. What is the carnal mind? What is the carnal mind? We're going to dive into that a little bit. The carnal mind. Actually, God's word describes three groups of people and their relationship to him. Within each group are many variations depending on parental training. Inherited character, self-control, age, culture, education, and so on. But despite these differences, we find just three basic groups, the natural or the worldly man, the spiritual or the spirit-filled man, and the carnal man or the person of the flesh. These three groups are described in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 14 to 16, and chapter 3, 1 to 4. For now, we'll just mention the natural man in passing. We're not going to dwell on the natural man. The natural man has no desire for God. That's what 1 Corinthians chapter 2 tells us. He does not understand spiritual things. It's foolishness to him. He lives in the world and does not yet have a relationship with God. Church members, we, saints of God, we fall into the next two groups. We fall into the next two groups. Belong to two groups. The quick glance at each description will reveal where the problem mainly lies. The question is, which group do we belong to? Which group do we belong to? I, I, I could not get you a PowerPoint to show you the groups, but you'll hear them in a minute. Uh, a brief examination should help with self-diagnosis. I'm going to explain the groups, and you can diagnose yourself. Keeping in mind that we want to look at our own lives, our own lives, not the lives of others. Hello? Our own lives. 
not the life of others. What kind of person are you? What kind of person are you? I'm going to just go over them real quickly. Natural has no relationship with God. He does not receive the things of the Spirit, for they are foolishness to him. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 14. Spiritual, the spiritual man, has a full, genuine relationship with God. When we are spiritual, we have the mind of Christ, the Spirit of Christ. 1 Corinthians 2, 16. And then we go to the carnal, has a faint, divided relationship with God. And a high brethren could not speak to you as to the spiritual people, but as to carnal, so as to babes in Christ. This is 1 Corinthians 3, verse 1. Paul, Paul is saying he couldn't speak to the carnal people because they are babes in Christ. They are not spiritual. They're still thinking about which television show is the, is the most popular. They know every actor and actress. But ask them about the disciples, they don't know any one of them. Ask them a passage of scripture, they don't know any one, but they can, they can tell you all the drama that goes on in some of these shows on TV or movies or whatever. I'm just picking on movies, but that's not just the only thing. Some of us, we, we live on Facebook, and it's not good. You can be on Facebook doing good, but it's not always good. Not judging. So the question is, question is, which group do I belong to? Which group do I belong to? Am I, let me take it from the bottom to the top. Am I natural where I don't have a relationship with God? Because unfortunately, unfortunately, even inside the church, in the pew sitting down listening to me, could be someone who does not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's just a fact. So we, we may have a natural man here today. I pray we don't. The next group, spiritual, full, genuine relationship with God. I pray that we all are in this group. Amen? I pray that we all are in this group. And if not, this is your moment to say, Lord, I want to be in this group. I want to be spiritual. I want to be filled with your spirit every day. And then, of course, the carnal has a feigned divided relationship a feigned divided relationship and this is this is the group this is the group in the church that the bible tells us are going to be sifted out they're going to be shaken out when the wind blows they're going to be gone that's just the reality that's just a reality. This feign, half-divided, half-hearted Christian, as soon as challenges come to our faith, we will succumb. We will give in. We won't stand up on the word of God. We will faint. 
Why? Because our relationship with Christ is non-existent or divided. We can't, Jesus said, you can't serve two masters. Can't. And Jesus does not accept double service. You, you, you're either for me or you're against me. Jesus didn't give any middle ground. You're either for me or you're against me. There's no uh, Switzerland here. No neutrality. You're either for me or you're against me. And so we, we look at how, how Christ is working. In every generation, in every generation, God's spirit strives to bring revival to the hearts of his people. Revival is an ongoing, daily experience. We should easily identify with these words. With these words. Prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Deep within, we know these words are true. Our hearts are indeed prone to wonder. Our minds drift from the eternal to the mundane. Our thoughts turn so easily from heavenly to the earthly. Too often we seek, seem to be in bondage to the deeply entrenched habits. Too often we fall to these habits. At times our own attitudes and reactions baffles us. And that's because our nature is sinful. And that's why we need the Spirit of God to revive us and keep us connected to Jesus Christ. Our natural tendency is to turn from God's way to our own way. Isaiah 56, 53, verse 6. With the, with the apostle, we should cry out today, O wretched man that I am. And, and, and with Paul and with David, we should, we should plea. We should plea like David in Psalms 119, 159. Revive me, O Lord, according to your loving kindness. Revive me. O Lord, according to your loving kindness, Psalms 119, verse 159. Revival, revival is about a God of loving kindness seeking to deepen his relationship with us. Amen? Amen? Revival is about God seeking to deepen his relationship with us. You know, when I think about, when I think about a deep relationship with God, I think about one man who walked with God and he was not. Who is that man? Enoch walked with God and he was not. Why? Because Enoch was so close to God. He was so close to God that God took him. That should be our goal. We should want to walk so close to God that whether God takes us alive or dead, we know that we are in his arms. Amen? Amen? That should be our goal. The initiative in revival is God's. Amen? Say amen. The initiative, the one who takes the first move, is God. We are not the one. We, our, our nature is not holy. Let's, let's just face the fact, brethren. Our nature is not holy. As we drive out this parking lot, we'll find out real quickly that our nature is not holy. We need the Holy Spirit to guide us every moment of every day. Every moment of every day. Because as we turn the corner, 
Something pops up. And the whole man just pops right up. And so, you know, I, I, I like to give my own little experiences. This morning I was coming to church. You know, the, the, the driving on the road can be a test. It can be a test. I was driving, minding my own business. Driving three miles over the speed limit. Three miles. I, 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 I know where, to, where not to go fast. Three miles over the speed limit. And this vehicle, this person come, came up behind me. It's a two-lane road. He can't pass easily unless he's going to come in the other side of traffic. And he was so close to my bumper, I thought he needed something out of it. And the old man said, the old man said, step on your brake real hard. <laughs> and the still small voice said, keep on going. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I listened to the still small voice. But it's a daily battle, friends. It's a daily battle. We need the Holy Spirit every moment of every single day. We don't need to be in the, in the, in the, in the Laodicean category. We may be in the Laodicean era, but we don't have to be a part of the Laodicean church. Hello? We don't. We can be the difference maker here. We can be spirit-filled. God is calling for people in these days... In these, what we call the last days, who will be filled with his spirit. So filled with his spirit that it will overflow. Hello? People will know that we are children of God. Our testimony, our, our messages, they will know that we are filled with the spirit of God. That should be our daily, what, what the lesson says, that should be our daily Task. We should be our most urgent need. We should be praying every single day. Lord, fill me up. Use me in a mighty way today. And we know the examples. And I'm, I'm, I'm wrapping up. We know the examples in, in, in Acts. When the, these feeble, scary disciples, when they were empowered by the Spirit of God, we, saw the res we, we, we are experiencing the result even today. Because of the Spirit of God, not because of their fleshy weakness. We know that they, they, they could not do it. Peter denied Jesus. The others ran away. They couldn't do it. But because the Spirit, they were praying. That's where the 10 days of prayer comes from. They were praying in the upper room for 10 days. For 10 days. And they were empowered by the Spirit. And when they were empowered by the Spirit, the Bible tells us in Acts chapter 2 that it was like a, wind, a rushing mighty wind came down. And they were, they were energized in a way that we, are, we, are, we should be praying for. Lord, energize me. As we pray in these 10 days, we should be praying the same thing. Lord, energize me like you energize the disciples. That we can be mighty proclaimers of your truth. What else are we here for? 
but to tell of God's truth and his loving kindness. Let us close with some of our prayer suggestion. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, this directs our thoughts. This is this. I'm going to pray now, but we're going to actually have a closing prayer at the end. But the, the scripture, the scripture, Romans 8 verse 5 tells us here, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on things of the Spirit. With your heads bowed, eyes closed. Father, we know that we are either under the influence of our flesh or the Holy Spirit. Please make us spiritual Christians and set our minds on the things of the Spirit. We also are no longer at the mercy of our lust, as, as recorded in Galatians 5.16. I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. We continue praying. Lord, thank you that the Holy Spirit breaks the power of sin in my life, in our lives. Please grow the fruit of the Spirit within our hearts. We thank you for this wonderful promise. Finally, the Spirit delivers us from condemnation. Romans 8, 1 and 2, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Father, what a blessing to know that the bondage of sin is broken when we live in the Holy Spirit. Thank you that Christ took our guilt upon himself and freed us from sin and that. We're going to sing together number 38319, Lord, I want to be a Christian in my heart. Lord, I want to be a Christian in my heart. You have it queued up, brother. Thank you, Elder Williams, for such a contemporary message. Let's all stand as we close our service. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lord, I want to be a Christian in my heart.
Gracious, kind, and loving Father, we thank you for your grace. Lord, we want to be more like you in our hearts. Lord, we want your Holy Spirit to fill us. Fill us till we beam out, Lord, to the world know that we are children of the Most High God. Renew us, revive us, Lord. Set us on a higher plane. Prepare our hearts to meet you. We see this world, the events of this world are closing in. Lord, help us to be ready. Help us to be more like you every single day. Fill us with your spirit, Lord. Help us to crave and hunger for your righteousness. Help us to pray daily so that you can transform our lives. Is our prayer in Jesus' holy name. Amen. 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 Please be seated. <clears throat> 